0: Use the code BBQNation at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT and Leanne, After Hours. The conversation that continued after the show was done. Hey everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks again at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. And beef the way nature intended. And also pig powder. Uh, you get that at pigpowder.com. And Miss Leanne, that's her deal. And it works. It's very good. I, I The other night, I, a neighbor of mine gave me a big bag of fresh green beans. and. I thought, I'm going to try pig powder on those. So I, you know, trimmed them up and cut them and cleaned them up and put them in a pan, put a little water in it, and put some bacon in it and onion and all that. And then I put pig powder in it Mm -hmm. and uh, they were delicious. Mm -hmm. They were absolutely delicious. That's an unsolicited pitch for your product there, kiddo.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I love to hear what people put it on and how it it does work for them. Because, you know, I can't think of everything. You know, somebody was just saying sweet potatoes, like killer on sweet potatoes. And it is. It, it's delicious. It's
2: Yeah. Really...
1: Usually pecan I like salt pie. and pepper. Yeah, pecan, pecan pie. pie. There you go.
0: Semi-frozen pecan pie with ice cream right. and pig to powder in on some it.
1: Pig powder. There you go.
0: Okay, Clint, here we go. This is some uh, lightning round stuff, as we say. If you could cook for and then dine with a historical figure, they can be alive or not. We'll go dig them up if you want to. Who would it be and what would the menu be?
2: Oh, my gosh. I am absolutely stumped on that one. Oh, come on. you!
1: It, it gets a lot of people.
2: It does. <laughs> yeah, I really have no idea. I'll just have to say Abraham Lincoln and
1: mm-hmm.
2: cook up a menu all around apples.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah there I you go. like that. There you go. Yeah.
0: Um if you could work with one of your barbecue heroes, and you've worked with a number of them, I know quite a number of them over the years, but if you could work with just one, who would it be?
2: Uh I mean, if I went back and worked with somebody that I have in the past, I'd love to work again with Jack McDavid. He just cracks me the heck up.
1: He yeah. is a funny soul.
2: He really is. Mm-hmm. And I helped him out at Memphis in May. Going way back, fifteen years or so ago, and it was just a real pleasure spending time with him and and learning from him. He, uh, you know, I cooked with him, helped him out washing dishes and stuff at Memphis in May. And when I decided to become a a competition cook, he's he invited me to cook at a contest in Pennsylvania that was run by the Amish. And he said, make sure that they set you up next to me and. I swear the entire weekend, he was up there next to me offering advice. And you know, some of it was unsolicited and kind of a pain in my butt. You know, he was doing a lot of hovering, but I learned tremendously from him and, and really owe him a lot as far as advancing my skills. There you go.
0: If you started your career all over again... Uh, what would you do if you wanted to do something different? What would you do?
2: I would probably skip the 20 plus years that I spent as a PR executive in New York City and just get to what I'm doing now. And and that's cooking and, you know, doing what I'm passionate about, creating creating good food to eat and sharing it with the world. Mm-hmm. You know what
0: I find interesting and Leanne, I'd like you to jump on this too. This is not a question, particularly for, for Clint, it's for everybody. I find it interesting now that people are, can actually make a living doing barbecue stuff because there's such a lot of different avenues to take. There's the competitive, there's the, uh, the books, there's restaurants of course. And, but, There's just so much going on that I find it very interesting that people are carving out a niche in there and making a living doing that.
1: I feel that that is a little bit of an exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that a lot of people appear to be making a living, but they are. Um, And there are very, there's a handful. Like, you know, Myra and Tuffy that, you know, actually can make a living from it. But um, I think a lot of other people are doing other things to supplement that because I sure. just do um, because competitive barbecue, uh, you have to spend a lot of money and you, you, know, you aren't guaranteed to win. And yeah, the top guys that are up there, I don't think they're making a living by competing. Most of them have their own sauces, their rubs, a restaurant. There's always something else, you know? Yeah. Um. So it's something that you have to embrace the whole thing of barbecue and use it to make a living. Cause I know I struggle even with my background and restaurants and what have you, It's still, it's tough to make a living at barbecue, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there where people appear to be making a ton of money off of just doing barbecue and grilling, but to your point, they're probably fixing leaky faucets on the side, or Mm -hmm. you know, they've got a real day job that's actually paying the bills. Mm -hmm. But oh, that's a horrible. The world has also changed. It's not you. It used to be where you only made money off of a restaurant or a cookbook. But now with social media and the internet and everything, there are different avenues to to make money. There's folks out there, like Malcolm Reed that are doing fairly well, I think, absolutely. Know, He's one of the
1: top people that's making it. But if you can, you know, it's like maybe ten, 10- yeah, are yeah, out there's there, not that you know many. What I mean. Um,
0: Well, and it also, uh, this sounds kind of um, the absolute opposite of what I said a couple minutes ago, but when you get, when anything, whether it's barbecue or uh, any other type of cooking or food or golf or some sports or literature or whatever, when the market gets so saturated, like your example with Malcolm is excellent, because Malcolm was has been doing it for a while. He, If yeah. you look at his viewer count, it's always very high. And he gets mm-hmm. paid for that, those numbers through yeah. YouTube or what have you. And a lot of people think, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, a you, lot
1: of those social media people that you think are making money are not. They right. are getting products. Mm-hmm. Free product is yes. what they're getting. Yeah. Um, yep. They aren't getting a contract, you know, where they're getting, you know, a monthly check. <laughs> by anyone. Yeah, Right.
2: No, um, they're getting a they, freezer full of free hot dogs. Right. And maybe from their
1: sales, they might <laughs> yeah. get, you know, a cut off of that, you know, based on, you know. What they sold with their coupon code or whatever, but you got to do a lot of that. To oh, <laughs> make yeah. <a> living.
2: <laughs> no, I won't, I won't name who the person is, but there's a barbecue personality that I helped get hers or his first cookbook deal, and I still get residual checks from it, but it's 14 cents. Yeah. Yeah. Year. yeah. So you've got this cookbook that's a bestseller. That everyone sees in their local bookstore, but that actual author is making pennies on the dollar for for a book that's selling.
1: And the cookbooks back in the day when Ray was, you know, rampant with his, that's when there was some money to be made in the cookbook world. But now today, it's, it's not. Period. Now it's not. It's not that way.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. what
1: I've heard. I'm not an expert. It's just what I hear. Yeah. Unless you've hit it big you know, and you're selling. Well, lot.
0: Meathead's book is a prime Meathead. example. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An
1: example of a successful cookbook author. Yes. Yeah, and but and those look are at how few... hard and how mm-hmm. many hours and he he's earned it.
2: Yeah, yeah. he has. There's yeah. a lot of them out there just cookie cutters. It's the same recipe uh-huh. done the same way, just with a different author's face on the front.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we've had those folks on the show and mm-hmm. uh you know, I just let them talk. I don't, I don't challenge them on that, but then because the results are in the sales. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, yeah, yeah Memphis,
2: you know. we would say bless their hearts.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or in that sweet <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: from Texas in that sweet. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Clint, what does a fantasy day look like for you? What kind of activities does it contain?
2: Oh man. I'd like to just float in the pool all day long. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard being me. You know, it's <laughs> I I always thought that being able to stay home and and play with smoke and fire all day would be nice and relaxing, but it's uh you know, paying the bills is never easy regardless of what you do. And I feel like I I have a hard time shutting off. So, you know, having my office at home makes it even harder for me not mm-hmm. to be responding to emails or, you know, creating some new content or whatever. So if if I can just get myself to shut off and get in that lounge chair in the pool and float, that would be a dream day for me. You don't get
0: in trouble like I do sometimes from Leanne when I'm sending her an email at three in the morning (laughs) and she goes, have you been to bed yet? Nope. Yeah.
2: (laughs) No, I do have to be careful about sending late night emails because I will get a uh, slap on the wrist for for not turning it off.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you could uh, erase one mistake from your past, what would it be and why would you erase it? That is if you want to tell it in public.
2: Yeah, there's probably about a thousand of them from going to college in New Orleans that I would like to erase. but. It, <laughs>
1: Thank goodness there were no iPhones at the time, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> you are spot on, Leanne. I am, I am grateful every day that that the only photos from my college years were the the party pics. Do you yeah. remember that? You'd, yeah. You'd have a party and they'd bring these, these negatives or whatever, these proofs right. to you. And you'd have to select the ones that you wanted, pay them the $4 or whatever, and then a yeah. month later... You get the photo.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. I'm yeah. Still... Being being at school in New Orleans, there would be some video and some photos that I would be paying people to scrub off the internet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I'm with you. Um,
0: if you were, this is a good one,
2: because
0: <clears throat> this is uh, we get varied answers on this one. If you were declared supreme ruler of barbecue. For a week, what would you, Clint Cantwell, decree as Supreme ruler? What, what would your declaration be about barbecue?
2: I would say stop squeezing your meat.:
1: Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I love it.: I Wow, love that,
2: that would actually, that would be a good T-shirt.:
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it would. Stop
2: it squeezing would. your meat.
0: Yeah, yeah. You could whip that out for amazing ribs and probably sell a hundred thousand of them. Yeah, right? exactly.
2: It would be the new "I Love Butt" or whatever that T-shirt right. is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If we
0: put your skills to music, what would the music be, Clint?
2: Mmm, probably polka. Something fun and lively that people can dance to.
0: Are you a poker? Po- not poker. Polka
1: king. <laughs>
2: I, I am not, but that's uh, right after I figure out how to become a fireman, maybe I can. <laughs> okay. I'm all about reinventing myself.
0: Well, I happen to have an accordion, so you let me know when you want to do that, and I'll I'll go back and practice a little bit, okay?
2: Well, quick, funny story. I've got a friend that her parents and my parents have been friends forever before we were born and. We were both born around the same time, so we've been best friends ever since we were little. But she grew up in Wisconsin, and there's a photo of her in Lederhosen from when she was about six years old. And I got a copy of it, and every once in a while, I just bust it out. (laughs) And it pisses her off to the nth degree. I'm sure. Lederhosen photo of of a chunky little girl. wearing these tights and whatever it is at least you don't way anyway, i digress
0: i grew up on a ranch and we had a, a well you folks would call it a river we called it the crick. Yep. and there's a picture of me i was maybe six or eight and i'm changed i just came out of the crick, and i'm changing my swimming suit up on the bank with my butt sticking <laughs> out pulling <laughs> up my underwear and they took that damn photo, and I still see it once in a while in the family. And it's like, that's child abuse. Anyway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: If you were an animal, what animal would you be?
2: Uh, ooh. I don't know. Maybe a giraffe? Why? I don't know. I'm pretty tall i guess i don't know i've got a giraffe up on my okay that's my here, so that's cool. my- yeah no this is giraffe named ah. after John Morant from the memphis grizzlies
0: oh there you go uh. there you go there you go um what's the biggest change you think should be made if any in competitive barbecue
2: I I would love to see an expansion of the judges' palates, but I don't think it's it's ever going to happen. You know, we're just it seems like cooks are just copycats of each other these days, and I don't know if it's the television shows to blame, the internet. You know, there used to be one or two classes, competition barbecue classes, and now there's a zillion of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it seems like once somebody wins with a recipe, then suddenly everyone else is winning with the recipe. And you can't flex your creative muscles with sauce or rubs or anything. So it's, I mean, it's not really a cooking competition at that point, is it? It's just the best copycat.
0: So I've got a question for you both. I'm not a I've judged a few competitions, mostly as some local celebrity or something. But you both judge, you KCBS judges, whatever. Do when they hold these classes, when they hold a quote-unquote judging school, do they ever not pass somebody?
2: Do they ever fail somebody in the? Yes,
0: training? yeah, basically. Do they ever fail them? They say, you know, you're not qualified. You're you, would. you, you, you know, you could be out there eating dirt uh, and no, you wouldn't I would, know the
2: difference. I would doubt that they ever fail anyone. I mean, it's a paycheck every year when they got to renew their membership. Right. Have you ever seen anyone failed?
1: I never have. You? No. And I don't know how in the world he could fail. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I came out of the competitive sports world. And we had to go to continuing education every year, depending on which license you were trying to renew. And they did fail you. I mean, there were literally tests and and seminars and so on and so forth, and they were very hard. It was kind of like being an NFL referee or a, mm. a you know, something like that. You had to know the rules. you had to know uh, the plays. you had to know this and that. And if you took the tests and you didn't score, I don't remember what it was uh, cuz they were quite hard at 78 or above you did not pass and they would su- not suspend your license but they would kind of put it in a hiatus mode until yeah. you could retake the test and and get a passing grade. Huh.
2: I vaguely recall having to do a test when I I took the class to become a Memphis and May judge. Uh-huh. I think there was a scored test but I don't know if you could actually I don't know that they'd hold back your Judging certificate if you failed it.
0: Just, no. I just thought of that though. I just, I yeah, because most other major competitions, um, outside of a barbecue in the food world, uh, you can fail. You cannot make it yeah. as an official. Mm-hmm. So,
2: I mean, maybe, maybe it needs to be done. There's some bad judges out there.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, okay. Um, boxers are briefs
2: uh right now i'm wearing leaves. <laughs> that's that's a very racy question for yeah you, Jeff. yeah Glad well you know um
0: uh, sometimes we've had them say neither or none oh you yeah. know like that so huh. uh we always Please get in- interesting answers on that where's the uh Where's the hardest place you've ever had to cook, like if you were at a competition or something?
2: Uh, I mean, I haven't competed in quite a while, but I used to compete up in the Northeast when I lived in New York. And I swear, every time there was a contest in the Long Island, New Jersey area, there would always be a monsoon. And you're there trying to hold down your pop-up tent while trying to keep the rain out of the intakes from your smoker and you know one night the the canopy collapsed you know the water is pouring in on me the power goes out so I've got a flashlight in my mouth trying to trim the brisket and you know I almost got in the car and went home but I got it done somehow and I actually won the contest, which is crazy, but it
1: That's because everybody left.
2: Yeah, exactly. It was just me. I got first I got first, second, and third place that day. There you go.
0: Really Out of sheer tenacity,
2: Glenn. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, every single time we had a contest, it was some sort of monsoon that would roll through. What's one thing you miss
0: about your twenties?
2: Uh I guess just the carefree nature of all of it, you know, the the world's problems didn't seem to be as big as they do today. Now in my fifties, you know, just a lot less responsibility. I did have a job, but I was able to go out and enjoy myself at night. I didn't have Mm -hmm. kids yet. I wasn't married yet. And it was a, a fun time in my life, but I, I mean, I'm not hating on what I have today. I'm very blessed to have what I have today, and I wouldn't change the past the past or the path that I took to sure. get, there, even though there were hiccups along the way. Sweatshirts or formal wear? Sweatshirts, 100%. This is uh-huh. my uniform for work uh-huh. every single day. I roll out of bed, and I've got about 1,000 T-shirts and 1,001 baseball hats and that's my kind of my guy outfit. and i've the weird thing is my brother is completely bald my dad was completely bald i've got this full head of hair but i hide it under a hat, hat. all yeah, day yeah. so it it pisses them off
0: well there you <laughs> go um dire straits acdc or billy ray cyrus Wow, do I have to pick one of the three? Well, you uh-huh. can throw somebody else in there if you want.
2: Oh, it would be you two all day, Okay, day. Uh-huh. okay. Yeah, I've seen every one of their tours, and I'm actually flying to my most hated city in the entire United States, Las Vegas, uh-huh. in October to see them. But right. well, uh, Clint,
0: would you decide describe yourself, excuse me, as corn fed or grass fed? Corn fed because I'm fat. (laughs) I'm with you, brother, all the way. Okay, just a couple more here. Uh, Is there anything you would want to do in particular when and if you ever retire?
2: Yeah, I'd like to travel more. It's something that I really enjoy seeing different parts of the world. We took the kids to Barcelona last year and every restaurant we. We ate at, and I got to know the chef, every single one of them said, if you opened an American-style barbecue place here, you'd do killer business. So a dream would be to, to actually pack up and move to Barcelona, cook up a couple of pork butts and briskets every day, you know, offer them up until they sell out, and then just wander the, the city the rest of the day, drinking wonderful coffee and eating great food
0: if you do that, do not squeeze the brisket. No, I
2: 100% <laughs> will not.
0: It's kind of like Mr. Whipple. Don't squeeze the Charmin, but don't yeah, squeeze yeah, the brisket there. Yep. Okay, last one. Uh, what would your last meal be on death row? I would...
2: I hate to go back to a former question or former answer, but I'd go with a thick as heck ribeye reverse seared and finished with some marrow butter.
0: And have some of Leon Leon. Or oh, your Leon's frozen
2: pecan pie. Yeah,
0: frozen
1: pecan pie
0: Jeez.
2: That's it to send me out on a high note.
0: There you go. There you go. The guards the guards will be like, don't eat all that because they're going to yep. want it when you're done. Uh, Clint Cantwell, uh, newly elected, uh, appointed, um, well, Meathead did it. So uh, president of AmazingRibs.com, you've been very gracious with your time and your answers. I I love them. So, I appreciate your time.
2: It's been an honor.
0: Thank you for being on the show. Uh, Leanne and I are going to get out of here. We've got some major announcements coming up in the next few weeks that we're going to share with people uh until then i'll just keep you in suspense for clint and leanne and myself we thank you for listening and uh remember our motto turn it don't burn it take care everybody